0: Hey, good afternoon to everyone who is live with us, managed to open YouTube, uh, or maybe you're listening later on the podcast. Also, good afternoon or evening or morning or Saturday or whatever it is in your world. But appreciate you guys joining us. Gabe Armand here, Sean Williams with me. This is the Tuesday Tiger Recruiting Show on PowerMizzou.com. We are going to talk a little bit of recruiting Before we do that, we always talk a little bit of insurance and uh, I mean those two things go right together. Obviously, Uh, one leads right into the other. You want to check with James Carlton State Farm in Webster Groves, Missouri. If you live anywhere in the state of Missouri or the state of Illinois, James Carlton wants to be your insurance agent home insurance, life insurance, auto, whatever it might be that you need. If you just want to save a little bit of money or find out, at least if you can save a little bit of money, uh, contact James either at carltoninsurance.net or by phone at 314-961-4800. If you mention Power Mizzou, he's going to, and he gives you a quote, he's going to donate $20 to Mizzou's NIL Collective, uh, Advancing Missouri Athletes. And like I joked, but sometimes... Maybe that could actually help out in recruiting uh, as time goes along. Sean, what's going on, man?
1: Ironically enough, it could, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a situation we'll talk about here in just a second. But, yeah, it's uh, it's going good. Uh, Always, uh, you know, insurance could go hand in hand for, you know, like, a lot of Missouri fans might have needed a little bit of extra insurance if they didn't pull off that game against Vanderbilt on Saturday. You yes. Because no telling what they would have done. Just I, I don't know if there's legacy. such
0: a thing as like self-harm insurance, but there might have needed to be some <laughs> on Saturday.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, self harm insurance, uh anything that, you know, uh might have accidentally happened while you're drunk and you're belligerent <laughs> and you're angry uh over a loss to Vanderbilt. But uh, luckily the uh, Missouri was able to to pull that off. And they had some visitors on campus, which makes this pot uh, you know, this podcast, this live stream a little bit more uh more lively. We have things to talk about and a potential commitment uh coming up possibly yeah, this they, week. So
0: they had a had a lot of kids in uh here, I mean Sean, you said they, they were down about it would have been down about a loss I mean this kind of shows you they're down about a win. please tell me there's some recruiting news that will help lighten up the black cloud over the football park. they won for the first time in a month and it's a black cloud and like look I get it I, we were joking about the game beforehand um but but I'm gonna give you Sean the option. do you want to start with what we expect to be good news or what we know was bad
1: news? I mean, I think, I think Missouri fans deserve to start with good news first, the okay. potential good news so, and that, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, talk you about, are, go ahead, serve me. No, up, I,
0: I was going to say you are projecting some good news. Um, I am going to let you have the first shot at pronouncing the name of what you believe the potential good news could be for Missouri in the next couple of days.
1: Going back to grade school, sounding everything out. I mean, I'm going to go with – Basuri did have an official visitor on campus this weekend. It was uh, Serene Kankura. I'm going to go with that. Okay. Um, Hey, man, it may be pretty close. I may be way off. But, hey, uh, that's – he is a three-star defensive lineman out of Clear Springs, Texas. He is a guy that Missouri offered back in the spring, back back in May. uh, Kevin Peoples, uh, the D-line coach, has been kind of his primary recruiter. You know, and it's kind of one of those, you know, we kind of talked about it before we came on air, you know, kind of like a Philip Roche type of situation. You know, they offered him in the spring, didn't hear much about him throughout the summer, and now all of a sudden they kind of pop up, and, and here they are, and um yeah but he uh he tweeted out he was taking an official uh last week took it over the weekend and uh seems like he is going to be the next missouri commitment in the 2023 class so uh when it comes to d lineman or d you know he's listed as a dm whether he ends up being a dn or a d tackle will be determined i mean he's listed at like 240 pounds so you know kind of like a jakai lang situation we'll kind of see when i get to campus you know uh but he's kind of in that same range in terms of of size and everything like that but he he'll become the uh expecting him to become the second D lineman, uh, uh, commitment in his class. So,
0: and yeah, I mean, that is the, it, my understanding of it is urban Myers, the guy who started this in college football, but this is why you offer kids, you offer 200 kids right in the, in the spring or whatever. And it's why the word offer has kind of taken on some different meanings. I mean, yeah, yeah they, he had an offer in may and, Look, maybe he could have committed that day. I don't, we don't know that for sure, but we just didn't really hear much about him. And then you get four or five months down the road and some guys have gone elsewhere. You know a little bit more about where your numbers are. So maybe you've gone from just kind of telling that kid he has an offer and just lightly keeping tabs on him to, hey, we'd like you to come in. And you know what makes that a lot easier is if you can say, we'd like you to come in. Now, remember, I mean, we offered you six months ago, dude. Like we've liked you for a long time. So we'd like you to come in on an official visit and it's how they get right, wrong, or indifferent. It's how the game's played.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just kind of recruiting. That's just nature. You know, you kind of explain that, you know, pretty accurately, you know, you offer a lot of kids in the spring and they may not necessarily be high on your target board at that moment in time, but then they kind of move up the board because you miss on some other guys and other guys have gone elsewhere. And, you know, you kind of, you kind of circle back around and, you know, I, you know, I'm assuming Missouri has stayed in contact with him throughout the process. But, you know, it's just kind of been like now it's kind of amped up a little bit where they're like, well, well you know, he's kind of next up on our target board. Let's bring him in for an official. And I think we like his, yeah. you know, his senior film enough for we'll take him as a uh, we'll take him as a commitment. So it seems to be the case here.
0: And I'll be interested to see, you know, if if this ends up happening and. In, in- Whenever we get to talk to him. I mean, right now his offer list says it's Louisiana, Louisiana Tech, Old Miss, Missouri, and SMU. But this kid's a 5.73 star out of out of League City, Texas. I mean, if you're in Texas, you know, you're not really flying under the radar. I we haven't done an article on him since April. I'm not sure we've ever done an interview with him. So I think it's certainly possible that this kid has more offers than that and we just don't know about him.
1: It's possible. I think TCU has offered, too, just to kind of stay in the Texas realm of things. But, uh, and, you know, all these offers, like you mentioned, were kind of back in the spring. And I think he got a, picked up a couple in the summer. So, you know, since the summer, and um, you know, he hasn't really picked up any new offers. And it seemed like just according to just kind of looking at his Twitter feed, it seems like Houston and uh, Oregon State uh, and I think maybe Louisiana were kind of showing some interest and in, in sending graphics and things like that. So maybe those are other schools that are kind of heavily involved with him right now. Uh, at this current time, along with Missouri, but it seems like, you know, obviously it seems like Missouri's got him on campus, got the official visit. Seems like they're going to, they're in the running to probably get a commitment from yeah. him sometime this week. So,
0: I mean, if you're looking for indications, his last two tweets are a retweet of a Missouri recruiting assistant and a retweet of our Texas analyst, Nick Harris, tweeting that he had entered a future cast prediction for the kid to go to Missouri. So, I don't think there's a whole lot of suspense here other than when we might. Actually, get to watch the video.
1: The, the video, or yeah, the uh, the quotes, the graphic uh, Yeah, or the whatever. graphics. Yeah, you know, yeah. and he's you know he's probably waiting for you know commit graphics or maybe he's doing a video. You right. never know what you know. Mm-hmm. That's what kids do these days. So,
0: hundred percent. So um, that would be. Hang on, I think commitment number thirteen is that accurate? Because I think the yep. other kid we're going to talk about in a minute was going to be number. So he would be number <laughs> thirteen, um, and. Yeah. Two defensive linemen. Defensive line is a, an in, an interesting spot to me because Missouri just has so many guys that, I mean, could come back for another year, could mm-hmm. leave, you know, some young guys that haven't necessarily gotten on the field very much. Are they going to stay? So like every other position, it's in flux, but but maybe even more than some, because literally I think Missouri's starting for defensive linemen and, and really their top six, like, they could all come back, but they could all decide
1: not to as well. Right, yeah. Um I think we've we've talked about this, you know, quite frequently, but Every yeah, it's kind of yeah. kind of in flux. I mean, you just don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, um, you know, just in terms of uh other defensive line targets off the top of my head that Missouri's after in terms of the high school ranks and JUCO. I know they offered a uh, JUCO guy <laughs> Nana Onion-woo.
0: Yes, so, I, I want that kid now. He should <laughs> sign with Missouri. I'm a big fan of that.
1: He was actually on campus for the Abilene Christian game, so. Uh, but uh, I think he's taken some other visits uh, elsewhere, and then they uh, they offered the ties from a kid uh, out of Putnam City, Oklahoma. So those are a couple of other defensive linemen that are on the radar. I don't know if they're going to take another one, but like I said, you know that that position is kind of in flux. I think they'll probably know kind of the outlook of it toward the end of the season and how many more guys they probably need to go after, whether that's from the high school ranks, JUCO, or, you know, like I said, possibly a transfer or two. So, uh, you know, we'll kind of find out.
0: Okay. So uh, I do want to invite you guys, by the way, if you've got comments, if you're watching live comments, questions, whatever, put them in the queue and we'll certainly throw them up and and talk about what you guys want to talk about. But um, mentioned it was bad news, good news. So last Friday, I don't know, finally about seven o'clock, something like that. Marvin Burks uh, officially committed to Ole Miss. And um, I, thank God it's over, man. Like, that's all I can really say about that one. I mean, I, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, but we'll just say that there was there were times on Friday where both Missouri and
1: Ole Miss were
0: relatively convinced he was going to come to school there.
1: Well, I was going to ask you, uh, what, what kind of disclaimer am I going to go with here? Do you want me to go, go in deep, or do you want me to just kind of –
0: well look in recruiting it's Mm. never official until the instagram live video has been played right (laughs) um and there are times when that instagram video goes live that nobody's really a hundred percent sure what's going to happen because multiple things may have happened um, leading up to that, uh, with, with multiple schools and that's fine. Um, look, I don't, you know, I, I I do want to be clear kind of on when things go this way, like in this day and age of college football, the natural reaction is, well, it's NIL related. And I would not, I I understand why somebody would think that. I also want to say that, look, we can't, I, I mean, it's not just something you can throw out there and say, because w- we don't know that we don't know what the deals are. We don't know. And obviously again, NIL is never involved in recruiting. Nobody would ever do that. Um, but no. so, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to go down speculation Avenue with, a with the high school kid. Um, no. but it was very much kind of a back and forth up in the air thing until Friday afternoon and Berkson's up, uh, committing to Ole Miss, and I, maybe that'll stick. Maybe it won't. Maybe Missouri still tries. Maybe they don't. I honestly don't know the answers to those questions.
1: Yeah, i will just say there was a lot of confidence he was going to Missouri, and then there was a lot of confidence he was going to Ole Miss, So, and that's just kind of the way some of those situations kind of play out. Is this over? Uh, you know, hey, it's not over till the ink is on the paper, so... Uh, still got a little and, bit of and, ways and to even go. at
0: that point, it's really only over for like nine months.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can enter the transfer portal, you know, and just start all over, man. Hit the reset button anytime right. you want to. So yeah, kind of just how so, it goes. So yeah, it's, it look it's interesting to uh, kind of see where this will, how this will play out, and if Missouri's still going to really pursue Burks. But yeah, um, I yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, to they... me,
0: uh, to me, at some point, you just go. That's fine. I mean, you know, the kid made his choice and. And move on. I mean, it, it's obviously directly related to how good of a player they think he is, right? Mm-hmm. If they think he's really worth it, then yeah, you continue to keep in touch. And if they think, yeah, he's a guy, but we can get a guy just as good, then okay, that's that's cool. You're at Ole Miss, and we'll move on.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've offered plenty of other secondary options lately. So I mean, they've mm-hmm. got they've got other guys they can kind of you know turn their attention to and, and bring him for officials and kind of see where that goes, and you know maybe just kind of figure out if there's. People just going kind to of leapfrog him on the pecking order just because you you know, at some point you kind of just be like, well, we're not going to wait any longer. We right, have to make it. Right. We have to make a decision here. And we like this right. guy. And, and it
0: it probably you know. relates to if there's somebody else at the position that wants to commit, right? I mean, right. if somebody else wants to commit, you say, yeah, we'll take you. And, and you don't worry about whether Marvin Burks opens things back up or not. Mm-hmm. But if you get to December and you still have a spot and he says, hey, I, I'm kind of thinking about this, then okay. Exactly. Um, So that kind of leads me to something that I didn't warn you that we're going to talk about this, but I kind of was thinking about it earlier in the week. And then Eli Drinkwood said something at at his press conference today that that made, you know, he was talking about somebody asked him about hiring an offensive coordinator and all that. And he was talking about how much the job has changed and how many more things are on a coach's plate now with NIL and recruiting and, and all this stuff. So. You know, we were talking leading up to last week's game that the game against Vanderbilt, I thought was the most important game that Eli Drinkwitz had coached at Missouri. So he's in a situation with Marvin Burks going to commit on Friday. I I don't know how much time he spent on it, but I'm guessing, you know, he was on the phone and he was doing a decent amount of recruiting of Marvin on Thursday and Friday in the final 36 to 48 hours before that game kicks off. It just kind of led me to think, you know, I wonder how long it takes before a college football program or multiple college football programs say, we need to change the way we're doing this. We need to hire a guy who's our football coach, who coaches the team and coaches the games and all that. And yes, he's involved in recruiting to, to some extent, but then we need to hire a general manager. We need to hire a guy who's in charge of you know, these these conversations on a Thursday or a Friday during the season or uh, while coaches are game planning, hire a guy who's kind of in charge of talking to the people about NIL and stuff like that so that we can take some of these things off our head coach's plate. So our head coach isn't trying to line up NIL deals and recruit the kid and coach the team and do this. I, I just wonder if there might be, situations where they go,
1: we're just going to hire a college football GM. Yeah. I, I think mean, it'd be a good idea. Well, I mean, look, I'm, I mean, Vanderbilt's kind of doing that just because they? I have a little bit of knowledge, you know, yeah. Barton Simmons is kind of their GM, you know, quote unquote GM. That's kind of his title. So, you know, obviously he's, you know, been at rivals in two, four, seven. So he's dealt with all this stuff and he's kind of, I think he's heavily involved with NIL stuff too with them. So yeah, I mean, I don't, and I'm sure others, other schools, but the thing, other schools have kind of incorporated that too. But here's the thing here's the thing, Gabe. Like, if you know, you go into a situation like Marvin Burks and he's making a decision, you got to get the head coach on the phone, right? To kind of make oh, that yeah. last plea, you know? So they're going to have to be dealing with it anyway. So, but yeah, I mean, I think you're seeing more, more teams kind of lean toward, you know, uh, specific roles just for recruiting NIL handling situations yeah. like that, you know, get to head, get the head coach on the phone whenever you need to. And, you know, in right. the, the head where... coach
0: can be the closer and, but like, because yeah. we can joke all we want, but everybody in the world knows all these kids are getting NIL offers. Like right. it's right. happening. So we, we can joke all we want about how it's illegal, but every school <laughs> in the country is doing, this. I mean, that's right. how, you know, NIL has become more about recruiting than it has about, rewarding players who have ever ever actually done anything on the football field so I just wonder and and again like you said it, it sounds like there are schools doing that mm-hmm. and I wonder you know I know Missouri hired Brandon Lee a former football player to be kind of in charge of NIL at the university but I don't know that I, I don't know what his role is exactly at some point in the offseason we'll have to to get Brandon on a podcast or sit down with him and and talk about that because I, I'm curious what, if that, if that role is in any way kind of like this.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of curious too, you know, just how much, I mean, obviously I, you know, it's brought up in conversations during the recruiting process, but when exactly does that, you know, when exactly is that conversation had, you know, is it on a visit, you know, and you kind of have the charts and graphs and you kind of say, Hey, here's, you know, here's our NIL deals. Here's the potential right. you can get, you know, I, you know, I, every, every school is probably going to be a little bit different in that in their NIL plans. But, you know, w- when exactly those conversations happen and, you know, how prepared are you to have, you know, all the information available to the kids and everything like that. It's just kind of the way it is now.
0: And I think every every school has a, a presentation that they do. And the funny part of it and the way they all get around the rules is they never say like, hey, we're going to get you X hundred thousand dollars. I mean, some of them probably do. But, but the general approach is, well, obviously we can't promise anything because we can't negotiate an NIL deal as a recruiting inducement. but just for an example, we had a four-star kid that plays your position from your hometown last year. And this year, like the first week he was on campus, he had $78,000 in NIL deals, you know, or whatever. (laughs) I'm just throwing out numbers, but like, that's how it works. It's all this hypothetical now we're not saying this is going to happen for you but if yeah. you came here there's a kid that seems exactly like you that it happened for you know
1: oh i mean look i'll uh, i'll bring up you know things that we've seen in pictures during visits and that's cars on campus and you mm-hmm. know uh you know during what's driving cars around with recruits you know man, that's kind of kind of part of the presentation right but you know um you know, I mean that that could be another selling point. Like, hey, you know, we got uh, we got to deal with Jim Bob Cooter's, uh, you know, car salesman right. down here, and you know, it's <laughs> hey, so and so. we do have
0: seven kids driving these Mercedes around. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs>
1: the mercedes yeah. the mercedes tiers right here we have four kids in that tier okay right. and now we got right. the Chevy we got the 1990 Chevy truck that's used <laughs> and then we got we've got 35 guys in this tier right now right. but we, right. if they play a little and bit better they'll move up okay
0: everybody, everybody else is renting bird scooters to drive around <laughs> on campus but I, I mean can you can you seriously imagine oh, i like I, I i truly am not against kids getting paid but this thing is no. become yeah. so ridiculous can you imagine like Going to a job interview and thinking, well, I'm going to take this job because, like, the boss flew in in a helicopter and then drove away in a Jeep. That's all. That's why I'm taking this job. That's <laughs> nuts, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, and, and that's why I, I am kind of curious. And you bring up a good point. You know, like you know, I kind of curious how the nil discussions go during you know visits or even on the phone too. I mean, you know, you Facetime somebody and be like, "Hey, here's a chart," you know, and here's our nil deals, and you know, just kind of curious how that's all handled. But you know, it's being discussed, and you know, the charts are being made and shown to everybody. So that's just kind of part of the process right now.
0: Right thousand dollar bills just happen to fall out of pockets
1: and all kinds of things, right? (laughs) Sound like you're in a 1990s rap video there. (laughs) (laughs) That's college football recruiting. All right. So let's, let's get to, uh,
0: let's get to a few of these questions uh, and comments. Uh, Freeway Jared says a huge defensive drink is give him time. He's recruiting. Well, will that still be a narrative if this class keeps trending how it's trending? I, I, I mean, I think, Eli Drinkwitz is going to have to win before the 2023 class. Really, we know what it is, right? Mm. uh, As far as on the field. Um, He is going to need to win next year. And that's going to, next year is going to be all about, is Sam Horn your starting quarterback? And is Tavoris Jones on the field? And is Xavier Simmons playing linebacker? And is, you know, I'm just picking kids out of the class. Uh, Are Dominic Lovett and Luther Burden putting up big numbers? Things like that. So if we get to the middle of next year and like Tavoris Jones isn't playing and Sam Horn isn't playing and a lot of these high three star and four star kids haven't yet beaten out guys on this team or he's taking transfers because he doesn't feel like they're ready to play. Then to me, that's when the he's recruiting well thing kind of goes away because if he's recruiting well, those guys are are the backbone of the team next year. So if the recruiting rankings are right, if his evaluations were right, we're going to see those kids on the field. If we don't see those kids on the field next year, that to me is when the whole he's recruiting well thing doesn't really hold much water anymore.
1: Yeah, you brought up a good point. It's something we've talked about on here, but I think you, uh, I think you put a post on the message board uh, maybe last night or today. I can't remember, but I read it, agreed with it. You know, next year is going to be a big, you know, kind of indicator of, how well you know recruiting's going because you like you said you know the, the how well he past, evaluated
0: not not how well he recruited but how well right. he evaluated
1: right exactly because you you know you mentioned there's already kind of you know a big question market running back you know just in terms of where's the talent yeah. at and you know guys that guys that were kind of heavily recruited and had offers and they're they're in here and they're not really getting a lot of playing time right now so how right you know, like that
0: that's what we're bj Harris not getting on the field worries me
1: Right. 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 Uh,
0: uh, uh, Just to pick what DJ Jackson, not playing this year worries me. I mean, these were guys who saw the field last year and now aren't. And so if that becomes a trend in this, and now look, he's got Luther on the field. He's got McKay Miller on the, like some of these guys are playing. So I'm not saying he's not recruiting well and I'm not writing it off. I'm just saying next year, most of those kids better be in the two D.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I agree with that. You know, you're going to have to look through every position and be like, OK, is this kid, you know, is this kid he brought in, you know, through the high school ranks and have they developed and have they, you know, this is kind of like an assessment of evaluation and development, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the next year is going to next year looking at the depth charts going to be kind of a big indicator of that, you know, just kind of seeing going through every position and seeing, you know, how many of these kids are actually on here that he recruited and brought in and how many are kind of transfers that are just kind of like maybe, you know, fill-ins for other guys that haven't developed or are not on the two deep or whatever. So, yeah.
0: And again, his job is to get talent. Like if he knows BJ Harris and and Taj butts are guys that he doesn't think are going to contribute, then yes, his job is to go get a transfer to play running back. But it also is a sign to me that there's a question about the evaluation. I mean, I, People are going to think I'm talking out both sides of my mouth. And I want to be clear. Recruiting rankings as a general rule do matter. They do. But there are exceptions on both sides. Guys who get low classes and make them good like Gary Pinkle did. We watched that here for a long time. And there are Butch Joneses and Bill Callahans out there who get good classes and can't turn them into good football teams. So my point is next year is when we start to find out, hey, let's make sure that these good recruiting classes are an indication that Eli can put a good football team on the field and let's make sure there's not
1: a Butch Jones element going on
0: here. Right. And, and I, again, I'm not saying there is, but next year is, is when we, we get a good indication of,
1: yeah, and you mentioned talking out of both sides of your mouth. It's, just, it's a podcast, man. You, that's what they're about. I say about. anything I want, right?
0: <laughs> right. I mean, tune in next week. I might say the exact opposite of what I just said. You know?
1: Exactly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, hey, that's how these things work, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, Michael asked, saw pictures of an ambidextrous QB, Mikey Gow, on the sidelines at homecoming. First of all, is that true? Does he, like,
1: he can throw with either arm? I have no idea if he's Emmitt I do know he's a 2026 20, quarterback. I don't know a whole lot oh. about him. I haven't done a lot of research on him. Okay, so, we, we, yeah, we can't talk uh, about that anymore. 2026, really, we're not talking about that. Yeah, sorry. I don't know enough about him right now to really uh, really uh, go in depth there. Yeah. Uh,
0: Mike says, if Warren plays and if he plays well, you wonder how that changes offseason recruiting. I kind of don't. I, I don't think it's I, – I mean – First of all, I don't have any indication Sam Horn is going to play enough that like they're going to be able to sell, look what this kid did the last five games. I mean, Drinkwood said today, could he play this weekend? Yes. Am I telling you he's going to play this weekend? No. Um, so I and I just I just don't think there's very many kids out there that are gonna be saying, Well, I was gonna go here or no. I was torn between two schools, but Sam Horn went thirty-five for forty-six, so now I'm going to Missouri. I I just don't think that's really going to be a thing.
1: I don't think it would be either, especially considering the start that they've had and the struggles they've had in the passing game right now. You know, I mean, it.
0: because because even like let's play Pollyanna world here. Suddenly Sam Horn is the starting quarterback this week, and Missouri goes five and zero, and they finish seven and five. I mean, is that is that like a needle mover for a lot of kids late?
1: I don't think that would be a needle mover for top-tier guys, but I mean, I think you could be a needle mover for mid-tier guys, you know, so. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Okay, so Kyle was just asking specifically about the running back transfer. Do you think they're interested in Arlen Harris? I don't know what Arlen Harris did at Stanford. I also think that you have to be judicious in not becoming the program that will say, it's fine if you leave because we'll always take you two years later. I mean, some of those kids, Mookie Cooper, they decided it was worth it. I think it looks like probably he was worth it. He's playing well this year. But you you can't set a precedent that it's fine if you don't come here the first time. We'll, we'll, we'll take you in a couple of years. I mean, you do it for some, but not for everybody.
1: Look, you already having issues trying to find some stability at running back. Arlen Harris is a freshman. He hasn't proven anything in college yet. If you're gonna go, has he
0: played at Stanford. you know he's
1: played one game in the season opener okay. and he's got two carries for one yard. Um, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go if, get a running back in the transfer portal, you better get somebody that's played some games and right. has, you know shown some production in college.
0: Again, if you go get that kid, what does it tell Tavoris Jones? Exactly. What does it tell B.J. Harris if he is still here? What does it tell Jamal Roberts? Like to me, Jamal. If I'm Jamal Roberts and they take Arlen Harris, I'm going. Hang on, man. I'm yeah. the running back in this class.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. like you said, if you're taking, if you're, if you're going out and, fight, by the way, Nate Pete and Cody Schrader both could come back next year. Like, I don't think Cody Schrader's playing in the NFL. He's dreamed of being a Missouri football player his whole life. I would think he's a guy that takes the extra year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, like I said, they already got a Stanford transfer running back on the team. So,
0: <laughs> right. He just, he just, he just, <laughs> as of about two hours ago, got demoted to second team. You yeah. Know? So, so. Um, and that doesn't mean that Arlen Harris well, has a it, decent season, but I, I just, that's not a position where I think it's smart to go transfer unless yeah, it's man. a guy that you can't, it, Hey, if you can go find what Michigan state found in Kenneth Walker two years ago, by
1: all means do that. But mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker also, you know, proved he could do it at Wake Forest. Right. So I mean, That's there's a difference point. there. You know, it's like, but I think it's it's automatically people's mindset that, uh, you know, hey, Arlen Harris is from St. Louis, so he also, you know, instantaneously, you know, there's that Missouri connection there. He want to stay closer to home, but you just can't do that for everybody. You know.
0: Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. So all right. So sometime this week, we're thinking Serenia Tunkara. That's what I'm going with. Um. Sounds good. Anything else? Really, super. I mean, there were. I sent you a list of like forty kids last week. Was there anybody that that would really turn heads or anything on that visitor list that that people should be fired up about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was going to mention a couple of other twenty twenty three kids. I mean, they, they uh, offered a, a tight a new tight end. Now, obviously, you know, uh, of course, when I mentioned this on the board, somebody's like, oh, they, they need Britt? to offer like twelve more. <laughs> well. It, <laughs> First off, which I knew this was coming, does that mean Brett Northfleet's uh, gonna oh, leave? Right, right. And then uh, right after that was we're tight ends. So, well, we don't have those in our offense, so uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which was. But anyway, uh, Jordan Harris. Uh, he's out of Pine Bluff, Arkansas. He came in. I don't think he was on the list originally, just kind of one of those guys that popped up and, you know, he got an offer. Uh, But he's a six foot seven kid, 230 pounds. He's got a basketball background. Uh, One of those kind of guys, it's kind of ironically enough, Missouri offered him while he he was on his visit and then Vanderbilt offered him. So (laughs) those were uh, those are his two power five offers right now. South Florida did offer him. And I think he's got an offer from Bowling Green and maybe somebody else. I'm I'm thinking of, but he's kind of one of those guys. He's picked up some offers in the in the fall. His uh, his film is kind of popping. Uh, obviously, he's got some measurables: six foot seven, two hundred thirty pounds. He can block. He can catch. Uh, he high points the ball. Uh, so you know, Missouri's got him on campus. They offered him, so you got to think they're in the driver's seat here pretty early. I'm kind of curious to see who else kind of gets in the mix. Does not seem like he's in a hurry to really make a decision? I think he's kind of one of those players He's like, hey, I've got new offers coming in. I'm going to see who's actually going to come in the rest of the way before even make a decision, maybe take some other visits. So I know he said, uh, maybe, maybe he said Washington and uh, a couple of other schools were kind of showing him some interest right now. So that's sure. a guy to kind of keep an eye on. They also had, uh, the chain, Hobson kid, the Southern Miss offensive line commitment. He was also on campus. So, uh, they just recently offered him. And so it was kind of, kind of nice to see him kind of come up quickly for a visit and check out Missouri really loved it. um, you know, uh, really has a good relationship with Marcus Johnson, really uh, was impressed with his uh, with his visit all around, got to talk to the coaches a lot before the game, uh, really likes Missouri. But once again, it's almost like a situation where he's got more schools kind of showing him interest. He's going to kind of wait it out and see uh, what happens. I know he mentioned Florida State is one of them. I think Mississippi State as well. I think he's going to take some visits to those places and uh, just kind of feel things out before signing day, and just kind of see what his options are. So,
0: one other kid who I happen to see on the sidelines because I happen to know his family is a 2024 Rockridge quarterback, Sam Kaiser. He's listed at six foot six. And Sean, do you understand how tall six foot six seems when you're standing next to it? When you're my height?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, because he's I, a giant. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty so, tall, I mean, and you yeah. also have uh got to mention uh Jackson Cantwell, too. I mean, 2026 20, yeah. yeah. freshman at six foot eight and 270 pounds, so yeah,
0: yeah, he uh, you know, Olympic Olympic bloodlines there. All Missouri <laughs> fans know who he is. Uh, real quick, Daniel Swift has a question Juco lineman, what are the chances? with the four star, four star and the six, right. eight kid from Tennessee. I don't know if you know who he's talking about. Uh, the, the six, six, eight offensive tackle from Tennessee.
1: Yeah. The Brandon Solas kid that was recently oh, okay. in for another visit. I mean, yeah, I'd say the chances are pretty good, but I think he's going to be kind of one of those kids that, you know, he's mentioned other schools that are showing some interest. I know he took a couple of officials during the summer to like Boston college. And I can't think of the other school off the top of my head, but he's going to be kind of one of those kids that, you know, he's probably going to take some other visits before he actually signs on signing day. But I think Missouri's in a good spot. He came in, uh, he came in for the spring, uh, watched a practice. And uh, then he came back for the, for the Georgia game. So, I mean, I think that's a good sign whenever they come back. So he hasn't taken an official visit with Missouri. So that'd be kind of interesting to see if he actually does that after his season is over and whenever they start bringing kids in for officials. But uh, yeah, I think they got a pretty decent shot at him. And uh Obviously they've offered uh one of his underclassmen teammate and teammates as well. So yeah, um, we'll see what that happens. The Jugo guy, I'm not really sure. I think he, he said the four star, I think he's mentioning the Blackstone kid. Uh, the the kid from Coffeyville that's an offensive lineman. I know he's kinda of blown up. I don't know if they'll get him on campus. I know he was, you know, interested in visiting, and then all of a sudden, you know, everybody else in, in the country started offering him. So I, I would say more less likely with him than with Solace right now on the offensive line. So
0: all right, well there you go. Sean has all the knowledge. I'm just here for smart ass comments. Uh, so talking out
1: of both sides of your mouth. So <laughs>
0: appreciate everybody uh, <laughs> joining us again. If you watched live, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, do all those things. If you're listening to the podcast, which I uh, am putting up shortly after this, then please leave us nice comments, uh, good review, share what we're doing on social media, all that. Regardless, please get in touch with James Carlton State Farm Insurance. The uh, phone number and the internet address have been scrolling across the bottom of the screen all throughout the show. Carltoninsurance.net on the internet. The phone number, which you would think I have memorized, but I don't. So there you go 314 961 You can get in touch with James. Team of eight there. You're always during business hours going to get a live person. None of these, uh, you know, just tell me what movie you want to see menus. Uh, You'll actually talk to a human being and they will take care of anything you need insurance wise. And if you tell them you heard about it on Power Mizzou, uh, they will donate $20 to Mizzou's NIL collective, assuming that you do get an insurance quote from them. So if your insurance costs a leg and an arm, James Carlton State Farm, Sean and I will be back next Tuesday. Gerard Hamilton and I here at 2.30 tomorrow talking Mizzou, South Carolina. So uh, thanks, guys. See you later.